Hi, welcome to Let's Evaluate It. In this podcast, you'll hear from students at Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana, who are taking a class all about public health programs and evaluation. Highlighting some of the biggest issues in public health today, we're going to bring in some of the coolest people we know to talk about some of the coolest things they know. 15 students, one pandemic, and six feet apart. We're ready to learn something new. We hope you are too. So let's evaluate it. Hey there, my name is Jesse Barton and I'm the host for today's episode. I'll be joined by three leaders from the Indiana Department of Health to talk about the nationwide opioid epidemic, how it's affecting Indiana, what the Department of Health's response has been to this health crisis, and how they're evaluating the response. So let's evaluate it. I had been taking probably seven, 800 milligrams of opioids a day, which is an insane amount. David is in recovery from an addiction to prescription opioids. Eventually, my whole life began to unravel. I realized that I needed help. And in recovery, I found my purpose. Addiction is a disease of isolation and loneliness. There is a way out. You don't have to do this alone. If you or someone you know is struggling, there is hope. Recovery is possible. Visit cdc.gov slash rxawareness. For the last two decades, stories like David's have become more and more common. Since the late 1990s, use and abuse of opioid drugs has become one of the largest health issues in the United States. According to the CDC, overdose deaths involving opioids have increased by almost six times the amount since 1999. The NIH reported in 2018 that 128 people die per day in the United States because of an opioid overdose. Hit hardest were states in the Midwest and the Northeast like Ohio, West Virginia, and New Hampshire, where more than 28 people per 100,000 died as a result of an opioid overdose in 2018. Other Midwest states like Wisconsin, Illinois, and Indiana have also faced large increases in opioid overdose deaths between 2000 and 2020. In response, government agencies, nonprofit organizations, and medical groups have created programming to lower the number of opioid overdose deaths. Today, I'm talking with Claudia, Cassidy, and Katie from the Indiana State Department of Health to talk about Indiana's response to the opioid crisis and how they're evaluating the efficacy of the state's response. Cassidy, Claudia, Katie, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. Before we begin talking about the approach that Indiana Department of Health has taken to evaluating the response to the opioid epidemic, can you describe how Indiana has been affected by the national opioid crisis? Yeah, so I can answer that. That's Claudia. Drug Overdose Prevention Program Director for the Indiana Department of Health. We recently had our 2019 death data posted and finalized. And so we looked at the last 20 years. Some data from 1999 to 2019 shows that we've had an increase in unintentional and undetermined drug overdose deaths. And that increase was 1,174%. We've had an increase in cocaine-involved deaths that have tripled we have psychostimulants death, which includes meth that has increased by fivefold. And of course, we have our prescription opioids and our illicit opioids, such as heroin. And of course, in recent years, we've had synthetic fentanyl that has been illicitly manufactured and has often been included in, the hero in heroin or in cocaine or in other drugs. And that also has been a primary driver in drug overdose deaths in the state of Indiana. Wow. 
those statistics are alarming. A 1,174% increase in overdose deaths in the last 20 years. But Claudia says that gauging the opioid crisis in Indiana is not just about mortality, but also non-death metrics. And so this is also not just limited to mortality or morbidity, which includes non-death metrics, which are hospitalizations, for example, and then ED visits. And that has also significantly increased in the last 20 years. But in 2019, things were starting to look better. Just in 2019, we've had a 10% decrease in emergency department visits in the last year, which is great news. It means that we are making progress. And we can hope that some of that progress comes from the work that the Indiana Department of Health is doing through community outreach. So for the drug overdose prevention team, that's Claudia again. When we say the public, we're really thinking about local prevention practitioners. And so folks on the ground who are really working with the public to do substance use prevention. And we have three community outreach coordinators who manage about five to six counties that are, are hybrid counties. These are counties in the state that have been particularly hit hard by the opioid epidemic. Then we have our outreach coordinators who have really been connected with who, who, what we call the movers and the shakers in the county. So the folks who are really doing awesome work in terms of substance use prevention. So the closest connection we have to the public is really just working with stakeholders in the state who then do the work on the ground. And that's really our role as a state agency. We provide technical assistance, we provide funding, we provide resources that then gets trickled down to um, everyday folks. This type of outreach doesn't have to be limited to just high burden counties, as Katie, the director of the trauma and injury prevention team, explains. If we have a county that approaches us, mm-hmm. we're going to do everything we can to support that county with the capacity that we have. Along with community outreach, the state has two naloxone programs. Naloxone is a medication designed to reverse opioid overdoses. Basically, it blocks the opioid receptors and can reverse the effects of opioids. The two naloxone programs in Indiana are led by Cassidy. I am the naloxone program manager at IDOH. I am in charge of two naloxone programs. One of them is for county level health departments. And the other is for first responder agencies that work in rural communities. So this year specifically, I have 54 county health departments participating in the grant. In total, we've handed out a little over 25,000 doses of naloxone to those 54 health departments. We are able to give those doses to county level health departments to then go on and distribute into their community or to schools, first responder agencies, anybody in need. So the naloxone program does have the ability to reach a little bit wider of a boundary. The three of them, along with everyone else in the trauma and injury prevention team at the Indiana Department of Health, have been working around the clock to reduce the number of opioid-related consequences faced by the state. Using a multifaceted approach, they are just starting to see some of the numbers decrease, which is a good thing. But how do they evaluate these programs? Can you tell me what you do to evaluate whether or not your programs are effective? We are not evaluation experts. Evaluation is really difficult. That's Claudia again. So we actually hire out our evaluation. So we actually have multiple evaluation teams depending on the project. The project that we have is a three-year, $21 million grant. So you can imagine it's a huge grant, right, with a lot of different projects. And so we have multiple evaluation teams. Our biggest team are our partners from Wayne State University. And so they do a large amount of evaluation on some of our projects. 
And then we other have other evaluators um, as well, because when some of these projects, when we started partnering with folks, they already had their own evaluators on staff. For example, we're doing a project with the Fairbanks School of Public Health at IUPUI, and they already had their own evaluators. Yes, we partner with Wayne State, but we also partner with the CDC. That's Katie. When you work with federal agencies like the CDC, they have done a lot of work as well from a much bigger picture evaluation standpoint to show that these types of programs are effective. We just work to help really push them out and and, um, deliver those programs to our counties. So we rely a lot on the CDC, for example, they have a whole evaluation team for the grant that we're working on to help guide us as well. For Claudia's team, evaluation is tricky, but they use partners to collect data on all their projects. It's a requirement for the grants they work with. And those evaluations can sometimes be quantitative, usually both quantitative and qualitative, right? And so quantitative measures is like, how many people attended this training? What's the percent change in attitude towards X? And then qualitative would be like anecdotal things that you pick up through the evaluation. For example, we did a recent training focused around harm reduction and occupational safety for law enforcement. And one of the anecdotal qualitative measures that we picked up was when a law enforcement officer said, you know, I've been working in this field for 20 years and this is new information to me and I'm glad that I have it now. So those are things that we also pick up on. We often call them success stories. So when we report our evaluation metrics to the CDC, it's always numbers and then they always love success stories. So give me written accounts of like how this program has impacted X, Y, and Z. One of those success stories is David, who spoke in the ad at the beginning of the podcast. He was able to find the help he needed to stop his opioid addiction. Which leads me to my next question. How do you gauge when a program is effective? Oftentimes, we first of all look into our evaluation experts. You can sort of measure small-scale evaluation, right? So how has this program improved like attitude change, right? And when it has significantly improved attitude change, then you know it's successful. But then you ask the question, well, how has this like uh, law enforcement training actually impacted policing in the state of Indiana, right? That's a really big question that's incredibly difficult to evaluate. How do you evaluate that? Are you looking at like Department of Corrections arrest records, and even if there's a decrease in arrest records related to substance use disorder, how do you know that though that that's correlated with your particular training as opposed to chance or some other intervention? That's sort of the tricky part about evaluating. And, and in this sphere of substance use, just, you, we are just one small piece of the puzzle. There are so many state agencies, not-for-profits, local folks are working on the opioid epidemic. And so then evaluation becomes really difficult because it's like, how do you know you're contributing to it? You can only hope. Yeah, that goes along with naloxone as well. That's Cassidy talking about the county naloxone program. It's very hard to measure the effectiveness of a naloxone program because like we said, we do give doses to local health departments who then give them to their community members. But after that initial point, we can't unfortunately track who else then gets it down the line. In the first responder naloxone program, they can receive a better picture of the naloxone program's efficacy. We do have with our first responder program a evaluation postcard that is given. So each overdose event, they're supposed to fill out one postcard per event. So even if multiple doses of naloxone are used, they fill out only one postcard. Um, And the postcard does give us a little bit of information about the approximate age, the race, 
um, where they found the victim, if the victim was revived successfully. We can compare that to overdose rates in a county. And we would hope that the increased usage of naloxone in that county is attributing to the overdose rates decreasing. But like Claudia mentioned, it also could be a plethora of other things, you know, like maybe that county also at the same time has an anti-stigma campaign going on that we might not know about. So we always hope that our programs are definitely contributing to those overdose rates decreasing, but unfortunately that is a very big picture question and a little hard to nail down. Those outside factors that Claudia and Cassidy are talking about are called confounding variables. Confounding variables are those that may affect the outcome of an evaluation or study, but are not controlled by the evaluator or researcher. They are a common threat in public health evaluation. It can be hard to know whether good results are because of your program or because of confounding variables that occur outside the program. Confounding variables are difficult to account for, but evaluators should always be aware if they may be affecting the results of an evaluation. You have all highlighted what we've been learning this semester, that evaluation is really tricky. So I want to wrap up with one final question. When will you trust that you have a program that effectively addresses the opioid crisis in Indiana? Again, I look at our evaluation partners and look at those metrics and outcomes. So whenever we design an evaluation, we, we have to come up with like, what are we quantitatively and qualitatively measuring? And also what are the outcomes that we're hoping for? And you're hoping that those measures reach that outcome. And sometimes we don't really set like a number, like what percent added to change are we looking for, right? We don't, it's kind of hard to set like, do, are we looking for 5%? Are we looking for 30? And I think we sort of then look at the results and see what we get and, and kind of decide, like, do we think this is good enough? And do we think this is worth investing in, in the future? And so that's also a tricky question, right? Because it's, it's not like when you're doing science and you're like, is this a p-value of 0.05, right? Sometimes yeah. yes. And sometimes these evaluations metrics don't come out like that. But again, like sometimes success stories and like hearing from local communities about the impact of naloxone or the impact of any of our programs is also really valuable. And I know sometimes anecdotal evidence doesn't mean that the whole program is successful, but it does certainly help to just look at, you know, success stories in combination with these quantitative measures that we're putting from surveys or focus groups or whatever it may be. And with that, I thought we could end on a good note, a success story provided by the CDC. Tessa started using prescription opioids after a sports injury in high school. By 18, she was addicted. At 21, Tessa got a DUI and then completed a substance use treatment program. Soon, she relapsed and began seeking prescription opioids from street dealers. Seven years later, she was using heroin in addition to prescription opioids. She used opioids throughout her pregnancies and her first and second child experienced withdrawal symptoms. Eventually, she lost custody of her children and finally decided she was ready to make a change. Now, she has been in recovery for three years and runs a treatment center for pregnant women suffering with substance use disorders. Stories like Tessa's are those qualitative measures that evaluators may use to gauge whether a program has worked. The program Tessa used for recovery would call this a success story. Claudia, Cassidy, Katie, Thanks for joining us and providing insight into what the Indiana Department of Health has done to fight the opioid epidemic and how you are evaluating those efforts. Thank you. Listeners, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Let's Evaluate It podcast. 
The opioid epidemic has not spared the state of Indiana, and state health department officials have been working hard to reduce the number of opioid overdose deaths. From the 2019 data, it seems like Indiana may be turning a corner after 20 years of opioid use increases. But as Claudia, Katie, and Cassidy told us, evaluating those results can be tricky. This aligns with what we have learned time and time again in public health evaluations. Track those confounding variables and do what you can with what you can control to improve your community.